Again, today, we want to thank God for his mercies and his grace upon our lives. Uh, today is the 20th uh, day of November 2022, uh, that we are trusting God that his hands will, will, will uplift us even more and more in him. I, I have a very special message to share with us. So please, those that are not on the platform, those who are sleeping, American people, I know that it's very, very early in the morning, but it is possible still to be able to connect with us to hear the word of God. Uh, and anywhere else across the world, in India, I don't know what time it, it, it is in India, Australia, those of you from Australia, please uh, wake them up, let them all hear the word of God today. Um, and today we want to deal with the warning number two, warnings number two of our Lord Jesus Christ when he was teaching uh, the multitudes about the things to look out for, especially you being a believer, a child of God, the things you have to look out for, 10 things that he spoke about. And today is warning number two. Warning number two. And the, the second warning that he spoke about is uh, double-mindedness. The problem of double-mindedness. Double-mindedness is one of the major challenges in most young adults' lives. And some can grow with the minds which are unstable. It is of a very challenging fact to see a young man who has got all kinds of great aspirations in their lives and in their hearts. And then you look at them, there is a sense of instability going on all around them. They cannot think straight. They cannot choose well. They don't, they're not too sure of what they want to do next with their lives. And I've met, met many of them. I was in a similar situation. My heart and my life was all, all over the place. And I could not properly, 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 I'll say it again. I could not properly make decisive decisions. And for that matter, it affected me a lot by staying in one place for too long a time and then sometimes some of those situations becomes even toxic for your growth, your spiritual growth, some environment that does not add value to your life or does not allow you to express much of the grace of God in you. The, the place where, where people will not appreciate the, the, the worth of who you are, you overspend your life and your time over there, your resources over there, all because you cannot choose right. Hallelujah. Double-mindedness is something that Jesus said that it does not fit well for a believer. If you have that challenge in you, there is a way out for you today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Jesus considers that as a problem. He sees that as a weight that weighs a child of God down. It does not allow them to progress. It does not let them see the glory of their father whom they have believed. I use the word advisedly because if you have really believed in God fully, then whatever the situation may be, based on your belief, you wait for the results from him who is able to do all things. But because of the uh, of few factors which we will deal with those of, those of the factors today, because of some few factors, life becomes very challenging and we cannot focus properly and we are tossed up and down to and fro. We cannot center ourselves well and receive from the Lord our God. 
today i pray in the mighty name of jesus christ that anyone that has been in that similar category or was having that kind of a challenge in their mind in their heart concerning one their status in christ two their position as a child of god three the things that they are open to that they can have access to and for the knowledge of their God. All these things are factors that affect the understanding and being able to be resolute in what God wants you to do. I pray that may the Lord help you to grow in those areas in your lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. And so Matthew chapter 6, verse 22 to 24, Jesus Christ spoke candidly and we will take them gradually so that we will be able to unravel the mystery about why he is saying that double-mindedness is a danger to the growth of a believer. Hallelujah. Amen. Double-mindedness is a danger to the growth of a believer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, I read, said the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, that whole body shall be full of light. But if thy eye be evil, that whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is this darkness? And he continued in 24, that has another dealing with one of the warnings. He continued by saying this. And he used that as a way of communicating how we can have challenges with them within the mind. So no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. <coughs> There are a few things here that I want us to uh, pick up from. The first thing he mentioned is light. Jesus says that the light of this body is the eye. He was using the light as an example for us to know that when you have the loss of sight or you cannot see properly, you are somebody who cannot appreciate a lot of things around you because of lack of vision. If we don't have the proper understanding of what we are seeing, the perspective that it carries, the value of what we are observing or beholding, then we may trivialize all those things that are around us or may not even follow the dangers that it can pose to us. And so he is saying that what can affect the growth of a child of God is that if you don't have proper vision, if you cannot see well, if you cannot uh, appreciate or value something around you, a situation around you, a conversation around you, and an action you are taking around you, then it can put your life in danger. And so he used the word single, which means that the ability to focus on one direction, where your mind, your eyes, your vision is centered or zeroed in one direction as to what you are supposed to do for your spiritual growth, what you are supposed to do for your physical advancement, what you are supposed to do to let your life count in your community, in your, in your job, in your career. You are supposed to have one-mindedness. 
If you fail to have this, then you will not be able to master what you need to do as a child of God. So Jesus says that your focus, your vision, your understanding, your ability to apprehend what goes on around you must zero in on one thing. So he said that the light of the body is the eye. Hallelujah. The eyes that he spoke about. So if therefore the eyes be single, then the whole body shall be full of light. Which means that if we are able to zero in or focus on the very thing that will help us to grow or advance in him, that is God himself, then we will be able to find enough expression in our Christian work and in our Christian glory. Wherever we stand, we shall see the manifestation of the Father in our life because we have zeroed in that the Father, who is the Father of life, light, according to James, that he will become the full center of our life. We can see everything through him if our focus is on him. Hallelujah. Amen. And the body is the temple which the Bible says that his spirit, the spirit of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, resides in that we may be able to find the expression of the Father in us. If the Spirit of God is in you, then you'll be able to find the expression of the Father in you. Hallelujah. There are a few things that I want us to see from here. What affects our ability to zero in on God and focus on what he has spoken concerning us. What does affect us? What is the thing that makes us challenged that we will not be able to zero in and then miss out on all the opportunities as a child of God? What causes those things? Let's open to 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. Our scripture for the day is from Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. And what we are trying to see how the challenge comes is from 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. It says that for all that is in this world, the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. The things that the apostle is telling us today, connecting with what Jesus Christ has spoken, is that we have to be careful about the things that surrounds our lives. Hallelujah. 16. The things that surrounds our lives. And so he is warning us by God's grace to say that for all that is in this world, everything, verse 16, chapter 2, verse 16, verse John 2, 16, Everything that is in this world, they are they comprise of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And every one of that does not belong to our God. It is not of the will of God. So for all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father, 
and who is your father that is the most high god he is your father he is your focus he is the light that we are seeking for it to illuminate our physical body in this world and so he said that the world is actually passing away and the last thereof but he who does the will of the father abides forever and the will of the Father is not for us to connect to the issues of the lust of the flesh, issues to the lust of the eye, or the pride of this life. A similar situation happened in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, where Adam and Eve with a wife in the garden where God had placed them. He helped us, the Bible helps us to understand some of these three facts. That's the eyes, the lust of the eye, the the lust of the flesh and also the pride of life, the Bible helps us to understand how the process happened for Adam to fall into this same trap that God wants us to move away from, that Adam would not heed to that. And then he fell in there. And from that generation coming on, everyone is now perverse by the, by, <coughs> pardon me, by the actions of Adam in the garden. Let's see what the Bible said over there. So Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. So, so the woman saw, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that is the last of the flesh. She saw that the tree was good for food. It was pleasant to the eyes. That is the last of the eyes. And a tree desirable to make one wise. That is the pride of life. Those three factors played out there even in the beginnings of life. So Jesus Christ is warning us that if you will become effective child of God, these are the things that you have to look out for. These three things. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Make sure that you guard yourself against those things because those are the channels through which it will separate you from the love of the Father or the light that the Father has brought into your life by way of you accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And so the Master is telling us that we've got to be careful. Hallelujah. The effect of her mind to the message of Satan open her understanding to the fact that the body is needed to be nourished. That's the last of the flesh. So she chose that, well, listen, this thing looks nice. I've got to go for it and I must have it. He saw, the Bible said that he saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. That is the last of the eyes. She, she now can see and because of that, now her will, her will now is in a big, a big dilemma as to whether to believe what God said or to believe what Satan is saying. Hallelujah. So now she was in double minds. There was no stability of mind to only sit on what God has said, that thou shalt not touch the tree of good and evil. But now there has been an evil suggestions from the enemy to her 
And so her mind is now vacillating in between what God has said and what the enemy is saying. And he's, she's not sure. And now the things that her eyes could see is speaking more. What her, her body is feeling is speaking more. And what she thought could be good to her is speaking more than what God has spoken. People of God. Everyone that is a child of God, if you don't guard yourself against these things, you will fall victim of the works of the enemy. And I'm here to encourage you by the message of our Lord Jesus Christ that please open your eyes wide and do not allow the light of God in you go dim. Hallelujah. Keep flaming, keep burning, keep pouring in oil from on high, with the word of God, with your prayer and with your fastings, with the study of the word of God, with your worship and with your praises, with your thanksgiving, with all your arms that you are given, make sure that you keep the flames burning so that you can do what is pleasing to the Father. Because the enemy has lost that battle already, according to Ezekiel, uh, verse 18, 38 and 18 and all that. The Bible said that he was, the, he was in the garden of the Lord. He was in the midst of of the beauty of God. He was the career of the presence of God and he lost all those lights around him. And for that matter, he does not want anybody to continue to maintain the light of God in them. And so anything that he will do with the loss of the eyes, he will present things that are desirable to your sight. He will present things that are desirable to your body. He will present things that are desirable to your ego. Those things will fabricate together to make you feel like if you have it, you will be on top of the world and you will neglect your true value as a child of God and then buy into the lies of the enemy. But today, I warn you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that be aware of what is going on around you. Be careful of the things that you hear and be careful of your feelings that goes on inside of you because those are the areas that causes us to make wrong choices that does not allow us to stand strong and to do the will of the Father that will glorify him. Be careful. Hallelujah. So the question now comes here. How do we win the mind game that the enemy is playing against us? Deuteronomy chapter 6, chapter six verse 1 to 20. Please, if you can go there, go there for us. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 to 20. One of the first things that the Bible wants us to do, let's, let's, read, let's read what is in there and let's hear what the word of the Lord says in the scriptures. So now this is the commandment and these are the status and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. How many of you are crossing over to possess a better place? Hallelujah. That you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his titles and his judgments or commandments, rather, which I command you, you and your sons and your grandsons, all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you. If we are the seed of Israel, or the seed of Jacob, the seed of Abraham, and of Isaac, 
then every promise in here also applies to us. The words are that Jesus Christ with the Father will put together to give to the children of Israel when he had promised them a promised land, land flowing with milk and honey. And when they were going, that the things that he was telling them that will help them to continue to possess the blessings of the Lord, to maintain the place of God's glory, to be able to do with the will of the Father. These are the warnings that he gave to them. And he is telling them, if you are able to listen and keep all these titles that I'm giving to you, <coughs> apologies, you will be able to do well. Your life and your days on earth will be prolonged and it shall be well with you. You will multiply greatly. He said that. He said, and that you may multiply greatly. Is that spoken of in Genesis? That be blessed. It says that I give you the land and I give you the garden. It says that multiply, subdue it, and, 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 and replenish. It is the same statement over here as the Lord your God, your Father, has promised you. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Is it here, O Israel? The Lord your God, the God that you're serving, He is one. Amen. So you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And that is the first thing to do to be able to win the mind game. To love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your heart. Everything that is within you, you're using it to love the Lord your God. Number two. You've got to also fear him. Hallelujah. You have to fear the Lord your God. There, there is a sense of lack of fear. I don't know about the love matter because uh, people can say love and love lies with people individually. And so I may not know if you say you love God, it is between you and him. But when we talk about the fear of God, the actions we take actually determines whether we fear God or not. Hallelujah. I can tell you that I love God and uh, you may not be able to, uh, to be expressed to my understanding for me to see physically, but between you and God, God may be able to understand that for you properly. But when it comes to the place of you being able to love the Lord your God and, and to go beyond and fear him, it is visible. The fear factor lies in the place of your action. What you do when no eye is seeing you and what you do when all eyes are seeing you must actually have a proper understanding of each other or marry each other together. If you are able to walk in that dimension and that capacity as a child of God, you will save yourself from having the trouble of double-mindedness. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So the fear of God is yeah. very paramount in serving him. People don't fear God. They use the name of God in vain. There is no reverence anymore in our generation. People can actually speak audibly. I was listening to one senator of the United States, and he was speaking audibly and loud, telling the whole world that God did not do this. It was man who did it. And I said, my brother, be careful. Listen to me. I couldn't, I couldn't say louder for him to hear, 
But I was so, I, I was cringing to my table when I was watching the uh, interview. And I said, hey, be careful of what you are saying. Because I have seen in the scriptures where somebody was thinking that his strength had given him what he had obtained. And the Lord said that you tomorrow by this time, you will taste seven years of his life, Nebuchadnezzar. He became an animal. The Bible says that his fingers grew like claws of an animal. <clears throat> and he was in the bush because pride has stolen his heart. And it's the same environment that we are in, in this world. The arrogance of men, people, pride of life, behaving as if they are on top of everything. They control the world. The little monies that they have, the little position God has placed there, there is no respect for God. Hey, be careful. Please, let's be careful. When we get to that place, there is no understanding of even having the mind of God anymore in our hearts any longer. So we lose the ability to focus on being able to have the mind of God. Amen. Hallelujah. The next point is that we should, we said, do not go after other people's gods. Hallelujah. We shouldn't serve other gods. Hallelujah. Verse 14. We should not serve other gods. Anything that will make you switch allegiance to believe that there is a God somewhere who can help you better than your God, you are already in two minds. Let me tell you something about this uh, two-mindedness. In, in, in philosophy, they have spoken and they have studied and they have come to the place of realizing that Anyone that possesses a double mind is a person with two souls, which means that you have one soul that deals with one matter and another soul that deals with one other matter. So you haven't got a single-minded soul that can help your life to become one. And so the Bible says it this way. Say, let your yes be yes and your nay be nay, or your no be no and your yes be yes. I'm using the King James Version. It is always important to say that you have you are standing on the right or you are standing on the left. And these philosophers came to this conclusion in the, in the 18th century, that they came to the conclusion that anyone that has got a double-mindedness has got two souls, they've got two personalities, they've got two spirits, they've got two powers, they've got two strength. That is why Jesus Christ said that if you are serving another master, and at the same time behaving that you are serving God, you will not see the glory of God because God's place cannot be taken with another. He is God all by himself. There is no other God that can be compared to him. Hallelujah. No one can go to the space to think that there is a God over there. And so they will use that to compare to our God. No one can go on earth, come on earth here to assume that they are in the place that is almost equal to our God. Or go beneath the earth to be able to get any kind of powers from there to measure on the scale of our God. And so there is this warning to us that we've got to be careful about how we allow double-mindedness to play in our minds. And so the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5, says that a double-minded person is an unstable like water, and he shall never obtain anything from the Lord. Never. He uses the word that carefully, that you will never obtain anything from God. 
So it is very important about how we allow our mind to be troubled up and down, to be carrying weight of unbelief and weight of belief, weight of distrust and weight of trust. We've got to make sure that we zero in and center ourselves on the promises of our God. If we do that, we begin to win the mind game over every doubt, every uncertainty, and every trouble that comes our way. Hallelujah. Again, Amen. we've got to keep the testimony of our God and our actions in our life. The testimony of our God. If we're talking about the testimony of our God, the Lord spoke to them and said that whatever you are experiencing me do for you, make sure that you pass the information to your children and your grandchildren and those who are yet unborn. Why? Because whatever you have experienced has started with you. And therefore, everything that I'm giving to you is for you to keep forever. And if it can stay with you, you've got to pass the information on to somebody who does not know or have gained the experience. And therefore, if we are able to keep the testimony of the Lord and pass it on to others, it shall benefit and build us in him. And build them also as a generation to continue in our God. So he says that what we have to do is to keep the testimony of the Lord and to pass it on onto our children. If I'm passing it on to somebody, a friend, to a brother, to a sister, it keeps me in straight and narrow. Because especially at my workplace, everybody that I meet, I try to draw your attention to that fact that I'm a child of God. Let's start from that platform. So everything that I do, whatever I say, they now look into the light being a child of God to compare to the actions I take and the things that I do and the words that I speak and everything. that. So they can use that as a child of God to either against you or to build their confidence in the God that you have communicated to them. And by so doing, I have been able to win few to the Lord. Hallelujah. Those that the enemy had carried away and they were far from God. They, I mean, they were far from God. That they did not want to know anything about God or they just don't believe. Now they believe they have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior because I stated out clearly that I am a child of God. Hallelujah. And I don't do arguments because God can defend himself more than I can do for him. But if you want me to point you to him, I will help you with that. <coughs> Forgive me. And for that, it is important that I let people know. So the testimony of the Lord from my mouth, if somebody needs help, they are asking, oh, go and look for Mark. Mark will help you out. Uh, oh, he's a pastor. Somebody, I wasn't there. I was on different, um, I was in our program a few weeks ago and somebody had come to replace me for that week. And then somebody came on in there and said, oh, where are you from? He said, oh, I'm from Ghana. I was, oh, there is a pastor here. So forget, a pastor will never work. That's the statement of the guy, the Ghanaian guy. The pastor will never work. So oh, no, 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 he's a great pastor, man of God. He converted me. And yet he, he's, he's one of the best. Uh, Say, no, 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 a pastor will know. I don't believe this. And he showed some of the programs that I've sent the flyers. And he saw the flyer. Said, oh, wow, that's true. Okay. 
but I will want to meet him to believe what you have said. After my course, I returned back to my normal shift and then we met. He held my hand, said, let's go and see this Ghanaian guy. He's called Joseph. We went there, we met him and he said, man of God, you are here. And I didn't know that you're working. I said, yeah, bro, we have to work. You know? And from that point, the confidence in the guy in the, as a Ghanaian and also this, the testimony that I have left there now is speaking in my absence. And that is what is helping you and I to be shaped up so that even if the flesh is desiring to do something wrong, because of the testimony you have already communicated in the environment you find yourself, it begins to keep you in check and help you to be able to align yourself to what is right. Even when you veer up, you listen, the testimony alone, people will point back at the, hey, or oh, a pastor does not say that. Hey, a pastor does not behave like this. Oh, I can't believe that. That begins to keep you in check. You say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I do apologize. I went too far out. Hallelujah. We are flesh and we are living in a strange and unpardonable world, a world full of evil and death with all kinds of iniquity. We've got to be careful to allow the testimony of the Lord to come out of our mouth, to share with brothers and sisters anywhere we find ourselves that the glory of the Lord will be made manifest. So Jesus is warning us that let us not have double minds, always have a single-mindedness. And what he used is the eye that we have to use to be able to do that. One of the ways to win the mind game is to keep his commandments. Whatever he has spoken, anything that he has said, anything that he has made as a declaration to you, as a commandment to obey. Don't go and steal somebody's stuff. Don't be jealous. Don't be... Uh, all the testimonies that we know of in the scriptures, please, let's align. And one thing I love God about his love and his words concerning us is this, that he has built an inbuilt in checkup system in us, which is conscience, that whenever one day we talk deeply on conscience, the empire of the spirit, the, the things that the spirit of God uses inside of you to put you in check is the word of God. The Bible says that he has written the word of God on our hearts. So there is no more just this tablet. There is an imprint of the word of God on the tablet of your heart. So whatever you do within you, psychologically, you know for sure that it is right or it's not right. You can sense that until the point where you keep on ignoring the empire of the spirit, that is your soul, your conscience inside of you, then get to a point, the Bible says that then we have a seared conscience in the book of Romans, where we don't know even allow bad to become bad anymore. We see bad as good and good as bad. At that place, he says that the Bible says that the Lord rejects you and gives you to a reprobate mind, a mind that does not have any sense of understanding of just common basic life and thinking. And we can see it in our generation now. We saw it in one of the uh, American presidents. I'm talking about American president, the so-called, so I'm saying this on, online for everybody to hear that no, no person on earth here can ever stand and doubt what God has set in motion. If you stand in as a, a leader of a country and does not respect the God that has put you in that position, he will take you out. He will take you out. And I saw it 
with my own eye, listening to a, a, a president saying, endorsing, endorsing somebody who has changed the agenda to become a, a, a different gender. And say, since I became a woman 200 and something years, uh, days ago, I was thinking as a Lord, you, you can see how God can sell them out, give them back to their minds, their debased mind. These are scholars. These are people who have gone to school. They have studied science. They have done all kinds of strange stuff. They are going to space. They are going to Mars and all other planets, creating things. I mean, very beautiful stuff. And they are still not being able to think. Just common life. And they think that transition one body to another will be able to do something better. He said, now I feel good. No, you don't. You don't feel good. Why do you want to seek for physical uh, approval from the government, from leaders and all that? No, no. The only thing, the only thing that the whole religion in the world is against at one point is this gender stuff. You can ask any religious denomination, whatever, they, those who believe in stones, those who believe in different kinds of gods, every religion in the world together is against this thing. But because of lack of understanding of who our God is to us, men have veered off the lust of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. They veered off what the natural use, the Bible says, the natural use of the human body. And they have gone into the place of a debased mind. They call themselves scholars, but their mind has become shallow. It's not respected anymore before God. God does not respect them. Hallelujah. I don't even say that. It is the word of God. God does not respect them. They, they, God doesn't value those people. He called them a, a reprobate minds. So if you are kind of a person that believes and you are listening to me today, be careful what you are believing. Be careful what you are approving because it is not of God. God does not allow those things. It is not of nature. Nature hates it. Hallelujah. It is man that is keeping and creating those things that is weakening. The only thing that can bring us down is our debased mind. And we can see already in this world how we are going deep down, digging more graves for ourselves, killing us, burying us whilst we are alive. Hallelujah. Amen. Number Amen. six, we've got to do what is right in God's sight. We've got to do what is right in the sight of God. That must always be paramount in your dealings. Anything that you are dealing, any decision you are taking, you've got to have God first. Uh, uh, our prayers for this uh, today October is intimacy with God, a deep walk with God. And one of the few things that we can do is to be able to let God to become part on our center focus. We have to prioritize him. We have to trust him. We have to commit to the living and living our lives for him. And we have to study his word. So we've got to do what is right in the sight of God. When no one is watching, you know in your mind that you are doing what is right. At workplace, man of God, people of God, at your workplace, because your supervisor is not watching, you are jumping the queue to do something else. Please do not do it. Remember, the eyes of the Lord, the Bible says that, is walking to and flow to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are right towards him. So do what is right 
Hallelujah. <clears throat> and you will never have a double mm -hmm. mind in you. Hallelujah. And the yeah. last thing, do not tempt your God. There's a lot to, to talk about, but the last I want to share with you today, don't tempt your God. Everything that you're doing, be careful that you are not doing deliberately to make God angry. If you get to that place, it means that you have moved away from the place of trust and your confidence in the perception that you have bought into. And for that matter, God becomes your enemy. And you will not have a sense of focus, a one mind, the eye that is single, the ability to zero in, the strength to be able to take God at his word. You lose all those ability in you. Today, I don't know whether this word sits well with you or it has touched on something that can provoke you to uh, uh, jealousy or to anger or anything. But I came with great love to share the love of Christ with you. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that may this love shine brother in your heart. Think about it, whether what we're sharing is true or not. Go into the scriptures and read yourself and see whether what we have shared with you is something that is against the Bible or is not true in the light of what God has said in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless this word. May he allow this word to continue to stay in our lives. May we walk with it 2023. May we see the light of God's glory in us. May we have that one-mindedness. May we never come to the place of doubt, doubting and struggling to be able to find a proof before we believe what God has said, but we will take him at his word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everywhere we start, we show forth the glory of the Lord in our lives. We will exhibit the love of our God in, in day, in night, in mid-moments, anywhere we find ourselves, we will continue to trust our God and say that, Father, you take full preeminence in our dealings in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. How Amen. many of you are happy? Amen. Yes, we're very happy. In Jesus.